you're listening to Cisco's Cable Stakes podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Preeze, Public Relations Manager for the Mass Scale Infrastructure Group at Cisco. Today, we're going to nerd out on the topic of online gaming and how the rise in popularity of this esport is impacting cable networks. I'm honored to welcome here with me today three very special guests. Um, first, I'd like to welcome John Chapman, the father of Doxis. John is CTO for Broadband Technologies and Cisco Fellow. John founded the CMTS business at Cisco in 1996, has more than 125 patents issued and pending, and is a seventh Dan in Taekwondo, a fifth Dan black belt in Hapkido, and a blue belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. John, thank you for making the time to be here. Ashley, thanks very much for the invitation to join uh, you and your viewers today. We also have McDonald Richards with us. McDonald is Senior Principal Engineer at Riot Games and runs the Riot Direct team responsible for Riot's production network, internet edge, and network security. McDonald also has a blue belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and is an avid heavy metal fan and guitar hobbyist. He's currently playing Cyberpunk on his PS4 and is permanently bronzed here in League of Legends. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Last but certainly not least, I'd like to introduce Scott Adamitz. Scott is the head of technology for Global Esports at Riot. Scott used to work on the technology planning needed for the Super Bowl, which he felt was hard, but has since realized esports is a whole new ball game. Scott is also part of the team that won the inaugural National Emmy for esports coverage. Thank you very much for being here, Scott. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Well, now that we've got our intros taken care of, I'm going to start with a little history lesson in online gaming. In my research, I learned that the history of online games dates back to the 1970s with the early days of packet-based computer networking. So fast forward 30 years, and as the cost of technology servers and the internet dropped, more people were able to gain access to faster internet speeds. And alas, the MOBA, or Multiplayer Online Battle Arena format, was introduced and quickly took off. In 2006, two USC college roommates decided to create a company called Riot Games that continuously improves on an already circulated game instead of always starting development on a new one. By 2013, that flagship game, League of Legends, was the most played multiplayer PC game in the world and was credited by Harvard Business Magazine as the multiplayer online battle game that epitomized the growth of the esports industry. So Scott, you just held the 10th World Championship in League of Legends competitive history and had outstanding results. Can you please share with us some of the numbers you're seeing from this year's event? Yeah, happy to. This was our most watched event uh, that we've ever produced uh, in the middle of a pandemic, uh, mind you. Um, we saw about 60, 61% increase in viewership um, in some of the areas. And I think our peak in concurrent users was around 45 million. And that was during the finals match. So in total, the event had about a billion hours of, uh, of content watched from all of our fans. It was, it was massive. Yeah. That's, that's huge. Um, so as far as management goes, did anything have to shift on the back end because of COVID? Oh, absolutely. It was, uh, it was a unique show to produce, um, especially in the sense that we would normally send a lot of our crew to the event. Uh, and this year it was held in China. Uh, originally, it was planned to be a six-city tour through major cities throughout China. That had to change. Uh, we consolidated down to one city and, and did the entire event out of Shanghai. Um, so that put an extra emphasis on how we would have crew support the show remotely. Awesome. So, um, so there were some, were, were the players in studio or were some of them in studio and some of them not in studio or how did that work? 
No, we were lucky enough to have all the players uh, compete from Shanghai, and there's reasons for that as latency. Um, uh, for competitive integrity, we need the players uh, at, a, at a fixed latency and balanced between the two teams. So by bringing them all to the same location and locating the game server with them, uh, we were able to accomplish that. But the crew, uh, the production staff that would normally travel with us, were not able to this year. So they, they remained home and in their home countries, and some of them actually in their own homes, uh, but producing the same show uh, to these 45 million viewers. So this, uh, I actually have another question, but this one's going to be for McDonald. Um, in your experience running a global ISP focused on delivering rights gaming experiences to players, what challenges have you faced with last mile networks? Yeah, the, um, the last mile network uh, problem for us varies depending on on the access technology. We, we definitely do notice latency is higher in general uh, on the current sort of DOCSIS cable networks than what we see. Uh, versus native Ethernet or um, or GPON fiber type deployments around the world. So, do you have any uh, suggestions for how to improve that? Yeah. So, I mean, I mean the the games that we we run typically have a, a fairly high uh, upstream packet per second rate. This, this can sort of vary from from thirty to, to up up to hundred, depending on what's going on in the games and. Um, we, we've just recently sort of started trying to to look into what we can do to change that. Um, uh, our new game, uh, Valorant, which is a first-person shooter, has a, a latency budget or a, a target of thirty-five milliseconds. And um, what we tend to notice is that uh, you know half of that or more sometimes is eaten up by the access. Uh, so you know, for example, if we're putting servers in uh, in Texas, someone in Los Angeles on an Ethernet connection can connect to that and you know achieve. 34 millisecond round trip time, whereas somebody on a, uh, a cable network might get sort of you know, 30 plus 20 uh, for a total of 50. We uh, we just recently starting to reach out to, to folks in the um, the cable service providers to sort of work out what we can do to try and improve that. Well, that actually segues great into my next question for you, um, which is you know obviously Riot's multiplayer competitive games generate um, a significant amount of traffic for the providers, so. Um, what is unique about the type of traffic and traffic patterns in gaming? And are there any solutions or optimizations you look to Cisco to bring to the market? It's uh, it's hard to say. So it's one of those things where I wouldn't say the volume is significant next to, say, uh, streaming media. Um, so like if you're watching Netflix or you know, some form of online video broadcast, you're going to be using a lot more bandwidth or, or data than you are um, when you're gaming. What we tend to have more of a profile of is is very very low payload, uh, but high packet per second traffic because you're um you're constantly moving and updating the server uh, and and receiving updates um, to keep that game experience in sync. As far as optimizations and and, and solutions specific to to Cisco, uh, there's not many in this case because most of the sort of onus is on the the access network to do what they can. They're managing the contention at a, a much larger scale than us. Um, what we what we aim to do is is have a presence in in most local markets. We 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 try and be available for providers to connect to so that um, we can freely exchange that traffic rather than rely on third party transit providers or, or backbone providers the the profile has shifted a lot now is that you do see a lot of folks streaming in conjunction with gaming uh if you, if you, if you go back sort of five years um people didn't game and watch media at the same time because they wanted their game to have priority on their line bandwidth was more scarce now with the advent of like you know 100 meg plus 
home plans. You could have mum and dad watching Netflix in the main room while while the kids are playing games in in in, in the office, uh, and and they're kind of you know they don't notice each other. Whereas um, that was not possible uh, five or six years ago. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's especially for me. That makes it really easy to understand. I, I personally do not game, but I'm even just with us. Uh, you know, when we were all working from home, I got my parents here plus my husband and myself. And then my daughter obviously loves Disney plus. So when we were like trying to do all that at the same time, there was always a problem and we'd have to restart our router and, and all that. So John, you know, hearing that and hearing the issues that, um, you know, obviously a lot of us experience at home with our internet and a bunch of people trying to stream and use all kinds of things at the same time. Um, what do you see as a good solution for that? Is it something that Cisco can provide and can help with? Uh, thanks for the question, Ashley. Uh, the answer is a resounding yes. Let me respond to some of the comments in, in parts. <clears throat> the first was, uh, we hear a lot about fiber being a little bit quicker than uh, Doxis. Uh, Doxis, of course, being just really Ethernet over coax and fiber really just being Ethernet over fiber. They're both just really just IP networks. So while that's true, the, the flip side of that truth is that there's very little fiber penetration in the country. Whereas cable passes 97% of the households passed, or 93% of the households passed in the United States are passed by a cable plant. So cable really represents probably the vast majority of broadband connection in the United States. And I think there is a huge opportunity to fine tune that network for gaming. Uh, we actually tried that 20 years ago, but there wasn't really much of a gaming market 20 years ago. And I'm really happy to see this gaming market emerge. The cable network we have right now in your cable modem, and all of you guys are working at home, everything goes into one, one pipe. We call it a service flow. Everything's just aggregated into a single service flow, and it's, we call it a best effort service flow. So different services contend for each other. But within the technology framework of DOCSIS, we have the ability to have multiple service flows. So really, we could give you one service flow for your kid, and we can give you one service flow for your business. So gaming could go on one service flow. Business could go on another service flow. We already have voice, by the way, on a separate service flow. If you have a voice connection at home, that traffic is handled in a very special way. It's on its own service flow. It's on its own signaling. It's protected traffic so that it works reliably. So it's a great example of how the technology can work. And I think that opportunity is here. So really the challenge, I think, ahead of us is that this is a new market. This is a new application, at least from the cable point of view, the access point of view. Uh, we don't sell a lot of specialized services to the home other than just internet access. And what we're really talking about here is uh, a quality of service concept. We have a, this concept of quality of service on the internet where you, you uh, treat different traffic differently. Uh, reality is there's been so much bandwidth, we don't have to do that very often. But we could do it here. And I think the trick is really how do you identify that traffic? How do you get them to separate service flow? And then once we do that, we have different mechanisms in uh, cable where we could say that is a lower bandwidth but lower latency service flow and make it happen. So we all know that 5G is the big thing right now. We keep hearing everything about 5G. And I'm just curious, is there um, a way that 5G fits into this problem that, you know, will it solve the problem of making a better gaming experience? Will it not? Yeah, that's a good question. We hear a lot about 5G. And one of the things inside of 5G is this ultra reliable low latency channel, which should give just incredible performance. I think there's a couple of challenges to, to recognize. Uh, 
One is that there is no 5G network out there. The 5G network has to be built. So again, it's kind of like fiber. It takes time and money to build this new network. And, and so really, again, most of the world is, is, is hooked up on HFC and will be for the next few years. One of the things I do think, I mean, 5G's got incredible marketing around their ability to get to a low latency and it will take time to get there. But I think the whole exercise that 5G has gone through to define the marketplace, like we never used to talk about low latency channels. This is all new terminology. And I'm really glad that actually 5G has come along and helped put a definition around the market. At the end of the day, the 5G network is really just like a cable network. It's uh, IP over fiber to a radio. They just have to be radios over the air and DOCSIS is radios over the coax. We're both point to multi-point technologies. We both schedule the upstream. So both technologies are actually capable of solving the same problem with the same tool set. The difference is the focus in getting it done and being able to deliver it as a service to the Riot customers. Gaming's popularity is clearly massive and continuing to grow. And if that's not clear to everyone, um, let me just tell you today, it is. And the gaming industry is larger than the film, television, and music industries combined. So with that in mind, what should network providers know and do to better serve the massively growing market? Scott, do you want to start with that one? Yeah, happy to. And I think the, the key piece of is that it's growing. It's a growth market that is only rapidly accelerating. Um, I think what we found in, in the pandemic is more people stuck at home are looking for outlets for entertainment um, and games. Um, but, but one thing to call out on, on Riot is we actually consider ourselves a media company or an entertainment company. Um, so we, while we make games, we also create awesome experiences around them through esports and the competitive nature of our titles. And we have a record label. Um, we've got television series planned. The concept here is that we're, we're going from just being a video game developer into an entertainment provider. Um, and that's something that we're really excited about. Just to offer perspective from the you know, having been in the cable industry for years, which started off as video entertainment and then added their version of gaming, which would be the Jeopardies of the world, which probably the most watched television channels. You're coming at it from the other direction. You're actually starting off as a gaming company, providing incredibly good gaming content and branching out to cover those other industries. Uh, you're coming from a different direction and ending up in the, the land of the giants. And uh, it, I think it really shows the demographic shift from yesteryear to uh, today's market. And to continue on the question, it was how do you serve that, that market that kind of came out of nowhere? Um, the networks have to support the games and, and run them to a level that people are, are having great experiences. I think that's a huge piece that's, that's missing. And the first to solve it, uh, there's a lot of opportunity there. Yeah, well, it's an opportunity we can meet and, and solve. I mean, inside the cable network that we've built on Doxus and broadband, we are literally waiting for applications to come along and use it. We have the ability to actually increase the bandwidth of our network, not just by a factor of 10x, but really we could increase the bandwidth of our network by 100x from where it is today. You know, with the chip technology and, and all the opportunities and technology that lies ahead of us, um, we could apply those with the right business case to get incredible performance out of the cable plant. So, you know, on behalf of the cable industry, we're really excited to see these new emerging applications that actually need some attention. I mean, it's a, I think it's a great, we have the technology, it's a great business opportunity, and we should just go do it. Here is my final question, and I want you guys to be as bold as you can. We're not going to hold you to any of these. 
can you share your top three predictions for what we might see from the content creation side of online gaming as a result of innovation in low latency technologies over the next three to five years? Yeah, happy to. I don't know if I can come up with three, but there, there's there's one top of mind uh, from the production side of, of the esports content that we create. We're looking for new ways to kind of thrill the audience and add some dynamism and just awesome flavor to our shows. And one of the things we tried this year was um, was actually extended reality and augmented reality as part of our show production. But that requires an, an immensely powerful and capable network in order to handle the processing and the low latency requirements of camera tracking in a virtual 3D space. So we've started to come up with ways that we can extend that experience to our regional productions. And then this is a in a moonshot, but to people's homes. So they can experience that immersive world that they're used to in a video game, but as part of an esports broadcast. That's what I'm, I'm most excited about. Yeah, that would be sweet. Same question for you, McDonald. I, I think what we're going to see is more demand as consumers become more aware of the, the latency and how it impacts their experiences. Right now, it, it might not always be uh, something they focus on, but as more and more consumers start to consume gaming, whether it's via PC, console, or, or other appliances in the house, uh, as as more people do it at the same time and start to notice performance issues and deep dive into the why behind that, uh, we are going to see more focus and, and more attention paid to how the network performance impacts you know the recreation time of the household and and, and how people spend that time. Yeah, I think you're spot on there, especially with um, just the fact that everyone's been at home more and they are recognizing that. You're seeing, you know, the connection that they're getting or, or lack of when they've got multiple people doing stuff at home. Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's I think it's very evident during the whole pandemic thing that if uh, if some folks are on, on video calls while, you know, the kids are trying to game or other adults in the house are trying to game, uh, you're going to see contention in the network turn into contention in real life uh, as they start to argue over who has priority over the line can i actually share a fun story on that exact uh, piece during one of our broadcasts one of our casters roommates decided to kick off uh, i don't know if it was a download or an upload but we started to have dropouts uh, of our caster and we have uh, techniques in place to try to mitigate that but at some point we just had to ask our uh, our, our caster's roommate to please stop using the network so we could finish our show this actually happened 2020 things yeah, very 2020. Um, so, John, I'm going to turn it over to you to answer that question as well. The top three predictions for what we might see from um, innovation in low latency technologies. All right. Well, I might be uh, going off the deep end here, but I think everybody should have their own holodeck at home. I mean, uh, it's, it's one thing looking at a TV screen, but being immersed in a room with three-dimensional images, holodeck style, it, it, it seems a little bit crazy. Uh, but there's already technologies out there. Um, there's a technology called light field technology, which allows three-dimensional images to be built out of light. Uh, there's, there's TVs now that are built on light field technology that can create 3D. And with a projector, you could create 3D images in a room. That technology exists. It does use a boatload of bandwidth, but I think there is a boatload of bandwidth to be mined out of the existing network. I think if we were to combine that type of stuff at the edge, get a really good definition on what we wanted, uh, bring in some edge compute so that um, we start distributing technology from Riot Games into the front ends of, of cable companies so that we can do some local rendering, some local you know, AR, VR type of uh, interfacing so that we really get good 
local performance coupled in, you know, like with some kind of distributed game architecture, I can see a pretty impressive future. But really, I I don't see why our kids aren't going to be all having holodecks in their uh, in their room. Do you think that's three to five, or is that more like five to seven? Well, I think it is probably more five to seven. The light field technology is fascinating, and it's 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 here. It's really if you put light in a parabola, it, it, you can create a three D. You can go onto Amazon right now and for eight bucks buy this little parabola thing with a frog in it, and the frog is it looks like it's sitting on top of it. It's it's a physics principle that is getting exploited now in, in electronics. So, you know, the question really is with this new technology showing up, because I tell you, we have gobs of bandwidth and gobs of technology. Technology is actually ahead of us when it comes to transmission, which is a good thing. What could we do with that? You know, it's, uh, I say, let's go do it. Yeah, that's really, that's, I mean, I agree. As a consumer, I would love to see that happen. That would be awesome. <laughs> Um, well, I think that's all we have time for today, but I really just want to thank all three of you for being on. This was really uh, very enlightening for me, and I hope that everyone listening also enjoys it. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ashley.